Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi Valentine, at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. Joining me is my co-host, Brent Hut Hut Hykus. Follow him at Brent Hykus on Twitter. Brent, we made it. Football is made here. It. I walked outside <laughs> this morning and it was the high here today was like 60 or 65. So it was like, you know, 50, 55 outside this morning when we went out to take the kids to daycare not overcast all day and raining a little bit so it never got real hot it was just nice cool like kind of foggy overcast perfect football weather football weather we got games in two days chiefs texans or texans chiefs i should say since the chiefs are the host it is a great time to be alive it's the happiest i've been in months brent (laughs) i agree i agree it's it's finally here um we got to watch a little college football the last couple weekends and a big college football weekend coming up, and NFL, it's here. I was going to watch the BYU. I here. I was going to watch the BYU, uh, <laughs> the BYU Navy game last night, and I actually did start watching it, mm-hmm. and then I lost interest. Like, they got to 21-0 and then 24-0, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I need to watch this that bad. But yeah, I did that's see, when I stopped watching it. I did see something funny on Twitter. I, I, did you see this? What's that? It's like these might be the two schools least likely to have COVID outbreaks of all, all the schools out there. This game might be the least likely one to be impacted by COVID because you have Navy on one <laughs> hand, right? Like they have, I think their coach made the point. They have guards around the whole, they have gates around their whole campus with guards so nobody can come in or out who isn't okay. supposed to be there. And you know, you're not having a lot of parties uh, in your dorm at Navy at the Naval Academy, I would yeah. imagine. And then BYU, of course, you uh, have pretty limited uh, yeah. code of conduct <laughs> there as well. I guess we'll put it that way. Uh, so that's for sure. Yeah. So fifty-five to three, a final last night. Not a real great a game, final? but yeah. Wow, I stopped watching at the same time as you. Twenty-four zero. I'm like, yeah, this is over. So. So BYU on their way to their first national championship. Were you old enough to remember their last one, Brent? No, no, I was not. What was that like? 90 or something or it was 1984 holiday bowl was one of the games that helped determine the national championship in college football top ranked byu against the michigan wolverines okay i was thinking like the detmer years i I forgot they didn't win a national championship with them with uh, ty detmer so that 1984 Let's see if we. You, you know that Navy probably would have beat BYU if they had a certain quarterback playing. <laughs> Malcolm Perry. <laughs> Malcolm Perry. League winner this year, folks. Go get him. Yep. So, 1984, they were led by junior All American quarterback Robbie Bosco. 
Started on the road okay. by upsetting number three Pittsburgh twenty to fourteen and finished by defeating Michigan twenty four to seventeen to complete a perfect thirteen and zero season and be the nineteen eighty four national champions. Hmm. I was one, one year old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know how old Taysom Hill is? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was like seventeen, wasn't he? <laughs> Probably at that point. <laughs> All oh, right, boy. should we hop into our headlines, Brent? Yeah. A couple big news stories today, Brent. So first we had the Cleveland Browns sign Kareem Hunt to a two-year extension worth about $13.25 million, includes $8.5 million guaranteed. So he's now under contract with the Browns for the next three seasons. Uh, and when his contract expires after the 2022 season, he'll be 27 and he'll turn 28 that summer before the 2023 season begins. So a lot of his prime years are going to be locked up in Cleveland. Uh, and then just of note, also, as we talked about the fantasy impact of this, Brent, uh, Nick Chubb is running mate there in the Cleveland backfield, has his contract expire after the 2021 season, and he'll be 26 at that point. So potentially, Kareem Hunt becomes the running back one if they don't add anybody else or re-sign Nick Chubb, or maybe they extend Nick Chubb also, and he they just kind of have a two-headed monster there in Cleveland. But we'll see. That'll be determined in the years to come. For now... How does this extension impact Hunt's value for you, Brent, and Dynasty? I think he his value is increasing. I I mean that's it's always nice to get um, longer years on his contract, and he he got that. And um, I want to throw this out. I think it's I think he has more value in a trade now, and that's a pretty good that's a pretty good contract that he's under. And maybe in the middle of this year or after this year, he's pretty good trade value and if if some some nfl team wants to grab him i mean go for it i mean they still have chubb i mean i'm sure it won't won't hurt the browns too much but um i don't there's a lot of different options out there that's i mean is he going to stay with cleveland for these next three years um is chubb going to be done after two years and then hunt's going to be the guy i mean i don't know but i do think um he is pretty valuable in dynasty and i think um I mean, I really like Kareem Hunt. I've been I liked him for a few years now, and I mean, ever since that whole deal was was that a couple of years ago. I mean, that brought him down quite a bit, but hopefully, he can turn it around and we see Kareem Hunt in the first round and first round value again sometime, sometime yeah. soon. For me, this move didn't really impact his value that much because he's in the same situation that he was already in, and kind of the outside hope. Maybe you were. Th- thinking as a Kareem Hunt owner, someone who might be interested in him in Dynasty, is that maybe after his contract expires this year, he goes to a situation where he is the lead back, like he was in Kansas City and has a little more value and you get a little bit of a spike. But unless Nick Chubb leaves after 2021, we know, I guess for now, that that isn't going to be happening for at least two years, if not, if ever. Uh, the There is certainly still stand- standalone value as perhaps an R- RB2 maybe or a high-end RB3 for Nick Chubb or for Kareem Hunt. As we saw when he came back last year and shared time with Nick Chubb in that backfield, he was a serviceable, serviceable running back for fantasy purposes. And he's one of, like, I don't know if you could really call him a handcuff because he does have that standalone value. But if Nick Chubb ever went down, Kareem Hunt would be probably a running back one upside mm-hmm. at the very least. So he certainly, I think, is a valuable asset in Dynasty, but I don't know that this changes his value a whole lot for me. Like I said, uh, uh, some people were kind of holding out hope he could get a backfield to himself, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon at least. So for now, I'm probably just, if I have him, I guess I'm holding him, and 
uh, seeing what happens because he's a valuable piece, like I said, with standalone value. And then if Nick Chubb goes down, there's a lot of upside. Yeah, I agree. If I mean, if Nick Nick Chubb happened to go down today, and your and your dynasty draft or redraft is tomorrow, I think he's definitely a first round pick. Yeah. So. Do you think this has any impact on Chubb's value as a dynasty asset, Brent? Um, no, not really. Not really. It, uh, honestly, I like them both. I think they're the best running back tandem in the NFL. I mean, Hunt is a great running back. Chubb is a great running back. It's. I mean, if Baker Mayfield doesn't do anything this year, he's with this offense. I mean, geez, come on, he's he's got to be out of the week if if he can't do anything with this. <laughs> so, I mean, this they have the potential to have the best running game in the NFL with these two guys. So. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch, though. Yeah, it really will be. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I don't think it has a significant value effect on Trump's value either, uh, just because he is still the running back one there in that offense, most likely. And uh, we'll see what happens after 2021, but he's got at least two more years. And so it's hard to really factor that into his value at this point. Mm-hmm. Another player got a contract today, Brent. DeAndre Hopkins got his deal. So this was one of the reasons they were able to acquire him in the trade was because the Texans didn't want to pay him. Uh, and Arizona got a steal, and now they are paying him. So the Cardinals have their star receiver for the foreseeable future, Brent. Uh, they agreed to a two-year extension worth $54.5 million. $42.5 million of that is guaranteed. So big money for DeAndre Hopkins and uh, he'll be in Arizona now for five years total through the 2024 season, and at which point when this contract is over, he'll be 32 years old. And like just like what I mentioned with Kareem Hunt, uh, DeAndre Hopkins will turn 33 before the 2025 season. So this is really locked up for his prime now in Arizona, Brent. Does this have any impact for you on his value in Dynasty, this two-year extension? Not really. Not really. And DeAndre Hopkins is probably – one of my favorite NFL receivers in in the NFL right now. And I mean, I'm excited that he's playing at Arizona. Um, he felt like he was the only guy at Houston. So I'm glad he's going to be at Arizona. I mean, I have no guarantee if he's going to be doing better at Arizona compared to Houston, but it doesn't, it doesn't change his value. I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm thinking, I mean, if you didn't already, I think he is a sell right now um definitely if you can't sell him if you haven't sold him by now he's definitely a hold see what happens in the first couple of games and then maybe you can sell him i am a big fan of hopkins and i've been a big fan of hopkins for the last five or so years i just don't see his value changing that much just with this because i kind of expected it yeah i didn't know whether or not he would be there but like i mentioned it's two-year extension on a deal that already had three years left on it so it doesn't impact it what gives me a little bit of I think it is a good thing for him a little bit longer term for those two years to be probably tied with Kyler Murray there in that Arizona offense and we'll see how long Cliff Kingsbury lasts but if he's still there they're probably going to be throwing the ball a lot and he's going to be the clear-cut wide receiver one in that offense for years to come at this point so yeah I think probably not a huge impact but I do like him there with in that offense with Kyler Murray and adding a couple years onto that may help extend his prime a little bit he also gets to you know take some notes from Larry Fitzgerald and what Fitzgerald has been able to do by moving into the slot and extending his career that way he's still very productive at an advanced age for a receiver so I think 
that's also kind of a plus in my mind for DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona is maybe he takes some notes from Larry Fitzgerald. Hard to quantify that, but I think there is some value there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely he should be taking notes from one of the greatest receivers of all time. Hopefully he does. Yeah. Brent, I don't know how you manage your finances, but I know a lot of Americans don't manage them well. I think it's like they're a shocking number of people who couldn't meet a $500 emergency if they had to. And so that probably carries over to fantasy as well. And a lot of our dynasty leagues, Brent, we have a free agent acquisition budget where you get a set number of dollars for the whole year. And some people just aren't good at making that last. So (laughs) we have a product for those people to help them improve their fantasy game. Uh, And Colin provided this ad for us. So let me play that. Free agent acquisition season is right around the corner. For most owners, it's an exciting start to the waiver season. But for some more frivolous owners, it can often result in the early depletion of valuable free agency funds. Did you just read a random tweet from a beat writer about the undrafted rookie running back who took a practice rep to the house? And are you now tempted to blow all of your free agent budget to add him to your week one roster? Well, if that sounds like you, we have the perfect solution. Here at FantasyBudgeting.com, we have partnered with Dave Ramsey to offer you this revolutionary budgeting tool. Through the use of Dave's proprietary system of virtual envelopes and a little self-control, you'll be winning waiver claims deep into the season. At FantasyBudgeting.com, we help you break your annual budget into weekly positional stipends to avoid the consequences of an early season waiver miss. Sure, you may miss out on that week two running back fill-in, but come crunch time, you'll have be in prime position to score those playoff difference makers. Act now and use promo code FPC and we'll throw in Dave's new audiobook, Total Fantasy Makeover, free of charge. Brent, does that sound like something you'd be interested in? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd get it. Heck yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with Dave Ramsey and his... Uh-uh, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. If you were, you would have really enjoyed that. And I think any of our listeners who are familiar with Dave will also really enjoy that. <laughs> so his book is worth reading if you haven't read it. Uh, it's got some good, good basics in there for people looking to learn a little bit about money. And for your fantasy teams, check out fantasybudgeting.com. Cool. All right, Brent, let's hop into the main event. And now for our main event. All right, Brent, for tonight's main event, we are going over what to watch for in this week one of football. So we have a little bit of college football I've played so far, but we're at week one of the NFL and the first real football weekend of college where all the the major, or not all of them, but a lot of the major teams are playing. The Big 12 starts this weekend coming up. So we're going to give all of our listeners a list of things they should watch for. And we've each picked three out. So Brent, I will go first this time. Uh, my first thing to watch for is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the bat that was promised. Uh, in the opening game on Thursday night, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. How does that sound, Brent? So, uh, sounds awesome. Sounds great. You still get goosebumps <laughs> every time you hear that? Uh, yeah, not so much. but <laughs> Yeah, you're turning into a spoiled Patriots fan already after one championship. <laughs> All right. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> they might be coming. We'll see. The yeah. Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs host the Houston Texans in a rematch of that incredible playoff game from last season, Brent. 
We're going to be treated to two of the best quarterbacks in the game right now scoring off, both off huge new contracts this offseason. Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch. I can't wait. I'm highly interested, though, to see not those quarterbacks necessarily, although that will be great, but to see how the Chiefs use Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if you, and if he gets a full workload right away. We know Daryl Williams is the primary backup for the season after Damian Williams opted out, uh, and he was efficient last season when he was given an opportunity. However, CEH has a chance to take control of this backfield from the start, and that's the main thing I'll be watching for in this game, Brent. Uh, are you excited to watch your man crush from this offseason? Get his Heck first yes. Carry? Yes, I am. I'm extremely excited. He's I'm expecting a big year. I mean, you know that. I'm expecting a big year. I'm I'm expecting a big week one for him too. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to just watch all the Chiefs play. But uh, speaking of Edward Solaire, Andy Reid running backs. I've talked about him before. I heard something the other day that throughout his whole career, Andy Reid running backs, the starting his running back one averages over eighteen point eighteen fantasy points per game. And that's pretty good. And if you think about it, he only really he, – he didn't have any great, great running backs. He had some decent ones out there. But – and he's never picked – he's never picked a, a running back in the first round. So, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is his first running back that he picked in the first round. And it's – I mean, it's – he's it's capable – he's capable of being maybe one of the better ones that he's ever – that's ever played for Andy Reid. I mean, none of, none of those other running backs had Patrick Mahomes either. So – that's why I'm, ex- I'm expecting such big things. I do think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's ce- ceiling could be number one overall in fantasy. I think his ceiling is that high. Um, his floor, I mean, it could be like maybe Damian Williams or maybe even a little bit better. So I'm expecting pretty big things from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. He's had Brian Westbrook, who was a, a really good back, yeah. but probably not mm-hmm. great. So, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I'm excited to watch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The other thing I'll just real briefly, a secondary thing I'll be watching during this game is do the te- any of the Texans receivers look like a true number one? So we've gone over this in our preview. They have Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Still is all vying for snaps. And I'm keeping an eye on that to see if one of them can put on a show uh, because I think the Texans are going to have to pass a lot in this game to keep up with the Chiefs. So there will be plenty of opportunities for those receivers to go around. Uh, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see if one of them can step up and be the number one receiver in that offense. So, yeah, two things to keep an eye on in that game, but really the big one, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then when the Texans are on offense, keep an eye on those receivers. Yeah, and one thing to add about those receivers, um, yeah, one of those receivers could have a big game, but then next week you see that he's doubtful for the next game. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you got to watch out with yeah. those Texans receivers. We hope not. But it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> Uh, what are you watching for first thing this week, Brett? Um, first thing I, I'm with you is the Chiefs. I mean, I'm excited for Thursday night's game. You know me. I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan, huge Mahomes fan. I'm a huge Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fan. Um, and we talked about it a little bit. And now that we talked about yours, I, I want to change gears a little bit. Um, there's two things I'm looking for in the Chiefs offense. First off, we know Travis Kelsey's – Travis Kelsey. We know Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. And we think we have a good idea Clyde Edwards Blair will get his. Um, now, do you think Nicole Hardman is ready for that next step to beat out Sammy Watkins? And does the running back two at Kansas City have value? Um, 
I have a good feeling, a great feeling, that at least half of Kansas City's games – now, you got to realize I'm, I'm high on Kansas City. Um, I think this is very possible, too, and I think you might agree with me. I think half their games will be blowouts. And that brings in Darrell, Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson. And I'm not even 100% sure. I mean, yes, on the depth chart, Darrell, Darrell Williams is the number two, but I'm not giving up on Darwin Thompson just yet because he could – be the guy. I, I'm very inter- interested to see who's going to be that running back two on Thursday. So will we see more of Williams? Will we see more of Darwin Thompson? Because I think one of those guys could have some um, fantasy value as the year goes on. And what if Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets hurt for a, a, like a long time? That could lead, I mean, Darrell Williams could be a fantasy star. Darwin Thompson could be a fantasy star. So you got to keep an eye on that. I do think um, if you see like Daryl Williams get a huge portion of the second string running back snaps, then I think he's definitely worth a waiver ad. If you see Darwin Thompson getting the majority of the number two running back snaps, I think he's a huge waiver ad. So um, that's something I'm looking for as a fantasy um, fantasy player. Um, and another thing is, is McCole Hardman ready to pass Sammy Watkins in that offense? Yeah, I like this a lot. Uh, Daryl Williams is about 20 pounds heavier than Darwin Thompson, 25 almost, actually. Daryl Williams is 225 pounds, and Darwin Thompson's only 200. So I I could see them potentially being either, you know, kind of a timeshare if uh, something happened to Clyde Edwards-Alaire where maybe Darwin Thompson gets the third down mark and Daryl Williams is first and second down or something like that. Uh, but – Certainly, if you're looking for one guy to do it all, uh, Daryl Williams has more of the size that you would typically prefer to see probably in your primary running back. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which one of them gets the run behind CEH in this first game and throughout the season because, like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of garbage time carries, and they only have three running backs on the active roster at this point. So there's going to be plenty of work for somebody that potentially has standalone value as the running back, too, in that offense. Yeah. My number two, Grant, uh, is, is this Carolina offense everything we hoped it would be? I've been really optimistic about the fantasy upside for this offense in Carolina this offseason. They have the consensus number one running back in McCaffrey. They have the ascendant young wide receiver in DJ Moore. They have the hottest coaches in the game who came out of college last season in Matt Rule and Joe Brady. They have complimentary pieces in Curtis Samuel and uh, Ian Thomas and some of the other – what's – Help me out on the Jets guy that went there, Brett. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. They have Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and Ian Thomas, who are on ton of sleeper lists this offseason. Uh, only one question is left. Can they put it all together and turn this game with Oakland into a shootout? So I think a lot of that's going to come down to Teddy Bridgewater and how he plays in this offense and what they're able to do. Uh, in the passing game with him and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and uh, the other weapons that they have there, Ian Thomas. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to be watching for is can Carolina put up all the points that we hope they are able to and will Joe Brady be able to recreate the magic he had last year with LSU in the NFL as the offensive coordinator for this team? Yeah, that'll be fun to watch for that. I I think Joe Brady will will be in for – a little shock. I think he realizes it by now that Bridgewater is not Joe Burrow. 
So we'll, we'll, we'll see how Bridgewater does it. I know you probably think differently, but um, it's, I think it'll, it'll hit them. And um, I mean, I don't think Carolina will be bad. I mean, they, they do have Christian McCaffrey. So, I, I mean, I, I think they'll be okay, but I just don't think their offense will be that explosive. We'll see. I mean, I think you're right that Joe Burrow and Teddy Bridgewater have very different skill sets, but I think it's possible that Joe Brady could be the guy to, you know, make Teddy Bridgewater an even better quarterback than he already is and kind of do what he did with Joe Burrow as far as Joe Burrow wasn't Joe Burrow until last season. And I think Joe Brady had a lot to do with that. It'll be interesting to see if he can elevate Teddy Bridgewater and the rest of this offense alongside Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore to, make them the type of dynamic offense that he had last year in LSU. And, you know, uh, Joe Brady obviously was in college last year, but he did spend a couple of years in off- as an offensive assistant for the New Orleans Saints, of course, before he went to LSU. Uh, in 2017, 2018, he was at, at New Orleans, and then he went to LSU and took that offense there and did what he did. So normally I worry a little more about some of these college coaches coming to the NFL, but well, Joe Brady, he at least has some NFL experience already, so he kind of knows what he's getting himself into, and I think that'll help maybe accelerate their progress in this offense to become the type of high-flying offense that I think we can be. Yeah, so that, and coming from the – yeah, I was going to say coming from the Saints to already great offense with Drew Brees and Sean Payton, so he's definitely yeah. got some good experience. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do this week against Oakland. What's your second one, Brett? Yep. Speaking of Joe Burrow, um, can he keep it going? And I think he can. It's, um, I mean, he was great last year. We talked about it several times, and I feel him coming to Cincinnati is actually a pretty good situation with Zach Taylor as his head coach. Um, he has Joe Mixon, probably the best offensive player you can ask for. I mean, a rookie quarterback – Rookie quarterback's best friend is a good running back, and definitely Joe Mixon's a very good running back. Um, A.J. Green sounds like he's ready to roll this weekend. Tyler Boyd, uh, I just – I think Joe Burrow is going to have a huge year, and especially fantasy-wise. I don't think they'll get above the 500 mark, but they can maybe go – maybe win six games, seven games. Um, I'm, Joe Burrow was a lot of fun to watch in last year, and – I'm excited to see what he can do um, in the NFL. So especially at a team like Cincinnati, which historically has been pretty bad. They've been, they've, they've been the butt of jokes a lot, but I think Joe Burrow has, uh, has the ability to turn this franchise around and maybe win, win the Super Bowl some, somewhere down the line. So I'm expecting big things. And game one is this weekend. I'm excited to see him out there. Me too. They – Play the Chargers, so he's going to get baptism by fire, certainly. Unfortunately, yeah. Derwin James uh, had to have surgery on his right knee, and so he's going to miss the entire season. But incredible safety there for the Chargers, so that'll help Joe Burrow have a little easier time. But that defense is really good, and so I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how Joe Burrow fares against that defense, certainly in week one. He definitely uh, is not coming out of the gates with an easy matchup, to say the least. But, yeah, yeah I'm excited to see what he does. I'd like to see Mixon maybe get about 25 touches that game to help help Burrow out. So, yeah. So there you go. There, there's a there's a draft king play for you guys, Joe Mixon. <laughs> there you go. 
my third thing to watch this week, bro. Does Tom Brady have one more left in his arm? So Tampa appears to have everything they need to be a true Super Bowl contenders this year, Brent. They have two top wide receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They have a healthy and fresh Gronk leading a talented group of tight ends. They have a coach with a proven pedigree and Bruce Arians. They have a quarterback who is about as far from Jameis Winston as you can get. But does Tom, 43-year-old Tom Brady, have one more great fantasy season left in that arm? Everything hinges on that question, Brent. We're going to find out right away because the Bucks are going to New Orleans for an awesome week one NFC South matchup. Uh, and I wasn't able to verify this, Brent, but these could be the oldest starting quarterbacks ever in an NFL game. If, if they're not, then they got to be right up there because <laughs> Brady turned 43 in August. Breeze is 41. He turns 42 in January. So he's not a young 41 by any means. He'll be 42 before the season's over. So you add those up, that's 84 combined years. On this it's got to be. <laughs> got to be the oldest. <laughs> so, wow. I did not realize that. Yeah, something to look forward to week one. This will be a fun one. <laughs> um, we, we've talked about him before, and I mean, I, I like Tom Brady, good quarterback. Um, I do think the last couple years he hasn't been the same Tom Brady. Um, maybe having these new receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, maybe having those guys around and will help him out a little bit. But I don't know. I, I, I'm rooting for him. I, I hope that I hope that the Buccaneers do better than the Patriots. So I hope it's more Brady. If Brady is looking at this as a competition against Belichick, I hope Brady wins. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't see I just can't see the Buccaneers winning like a Super Bowl or anything. They can maybe make the playoffs, but I, I wouldn't put money on it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. What gives you pause about them? I just I just don't <laughs> I just don't think they're really – first of all, I don't think they are that good last year. Um, having Jameis Winston and, and that offense and that and everything, it's just – it's good for fantasy. Um, Tom Brady won't help him out for fantasy, that's for sure. Um, and Because uh, he's going to be safer with the ball. I mean, if, if there's anybody to, to get in that offense, it would be Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. And I have no idea how that's going to pan out. So – it very well could be Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones could be a fantasy stud this year. So, I don't know. So, I, I just don't – maybe eight wins, nine wins, and that's right there in the fringe of making the playoffs. I mean, they won seven last year with Jameis throwing a pick six about every other drive. So, you don't think yeah. Tom Brady's worth more than another one or two wins, Brent? I don't know. He's 43 years old. <laughs> I don't know. He was 43 – or he was 42 last year, and the Patriots went 12-4 <laughs> with probably yeah. less talent on the team, especially on yeah. offense, than what they have in Tampa. And I think Bruce Arians, he's obviously not the coach that Bill Belichick is, but he's a very good coach, certainly. And yeah. so I'm a little more optimistic than you. I think they could win double-digit and, games probably as a floor this year for me. I, I expect at least 10 wins from them this season. They did. They did have to play the Dolphins twice and the Jets twice last year, so that helps. And this year they have to play the Saints twice, play the Falcons twice, and the Panthers twice. So that's that's a lot tougher. It's a tough division, no doubt. Way tougher than the mm-hmm. AFC East, and especially, like, I don't think Carolina's going to be very good, but at least on, as a team, I think for fantasy they could be very good. But the Falcons and the Saints, 
I think will have really good years. And there'll be a lot of high-scoring games, I think, in that division, which we love as fantasy owners. So it, it'll be fun yeah. year to watch. And I, I'm excited to see what Tom can do with those receivers. If he doesn't start going downfield this season or if he does and it looks bad, I mean, you can't blame it on your weapons at this point. It's just he's starting to lose it. So that's what I'm interested to see is how does his arm look this week and how what are they throwing it, you know, over the middle and the short short to intermediate routes or are they taking shots downfield uh, now that he has a true alpha on the outside with Mike Evans. That's what I'll be keeping an eye on, and I think that'll give us a good idea of what to expect from Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for the rest of the year and Gronk as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Brett, hit us with your last one. All right, last one. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I know they're going to be bad. I get it. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be bad. But they're going to be so fun to watch, I think. <laughs> Gardner, <laughs> Gardner Minshew is – I mean, he's, he's fun to watch out there. It, I mean, I've grown to, to love the guy. His, his Twitter – um video that he put out with Bud Light a week ago or two weeks ago was simply awesome. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Go search Garner Minshew Bud Light. That's genius marketing. Genius marketing. Yes, yes, that was awesome. Um and the running back situation there, I thank God they didn't they didn't sign Devontae Freeman. Um so I, I can't wait to see James Robinson and Divino Zigbo duke it out that's going to be a lot of fun i'm a big zigbo fan you know that and the receivers i mean we've talked about dj shark on this podcast before he's he's a great young wide receiver Minshew's going to be looking for him a lot and he just seems like a young star on a team that's all that they really have i mean th- th- he's only really proven one out there is dj shark and um they have two young receivers um lavisca chenault I loved watching him in college. Great, great wide receiver. Can play a little running back, too. And according to the beat writers, the star of the camp, Colin Johnson. Um, I can't remember where he was drafted. I think it was like maybe fifth, fifth, sixth round. But they're saying that he's going to have a role in this offense, which in a way that kind of shoves aside um, Westbrook and um, Conley. I, I'm sure we'll still see those guys, but it'll be interesting to see if Colin Johnson gets playing time above those guys because they say that he was a star of the camp and he looked really well, and it'll be fun to watch those guys. And I know they're going to be bad, um, but they could be in some shootouts, and it'll be fun. They play the um, Colts, I think, this weekend. It'll be a fun one for fantasy purposes. I think yeah. Gardner Minshew is going to be sneaky good for fantasy this year. I think he's a little underrated so because they're going to be passing a ton. And he proved last year that he is a capable NFL quarterback. So he may not be the greatest, but if you give a player that's capable enough volume, they could be very fantasy relevant, as we saw with Jameis Winston and Blake Bortles. And, you know, you go down the list over the years, there have been a lot of quarterbacks that weren't that great real-life quarterbacks but could – could throw the ball and weren't afraid to take chances. And I think that uh, Gardner Minshew could be kind of in that same line uh, where he is a viable fantasy starter for you and is not being drafted like one. So, yeah, I think all of the weapons you mentioned, I'm really excited to watch too. I really wish Josh Oliver hadn't gotten hurt because I think he would have been fun to watch in that offense too. They need all the pass catchers they can get. They have some intriguing ones, but not a lot of proven talent behind or behind uh, DJ Sharp. So, yeah. It would have been fun to watch him this year, but unfortunately I don't think we're going to get to. So, yeah. Brett, 
Breaking news. I have a fifth pick in my draft that we have after this recording. Fifth pick. Ugh, not a fan of the fifth pick, but yeah, that's, is, it, is it a PPR? No, it's like 0.2 PPR, so barely, oh. <laughs> like anything. Not a big mm-hmm. factor. So, yeah, well, I was I think really hoping can- for top two or – Yeah. <laughs> I think that cancels out Alvin Kamara. Do you think so? You think? I don't know. He's fifth so. on this list of rankings I'm looking at. So we'll see. I like Derrick Henry maybe if he falls yeah. to you. You can get – and get your Titans guy right there. Yeah, so you got to figure McCaffrey, Saquon, and Zeke are probably top three. And then you have either Henry or Kamara, probably at four and five. So I guess I, one I, know of those you're two. Mix, I know you're a Mixon fan. You probably won't be able, be able to get him in I the know. second round. So if you if you really want Mixon. I know. Decisions. Yeah, maybe we can talk more about this at the end. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Brent, tonight we have the debut of a new segment, the DFS Pick of the Week. And Brent, you picked out this one for this week, the contest we're doing. So we're doing the NFL Showdown Captain Mode on DraftKings, which you talked me into joining this past week, and we did our first best oh, yeah. draft, and that was fun. It was, like, crazy, though. 30 seconds for your pick <laughs> was by in a flash. I was not prepared for that. You got to think fast. Yeah, so I timed out once, got DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins, <laughs> conveniently enough. So, <laughs> But this mode, Brent, uh, NFL Showdown Captain Mode, the player you draft as your captain earns 1.5 times the standard fantasy point scoring. And so the scoring actually – the scoring actually in this uh, mode is pretty standard. Uh, so quarterbacks get a point for every 25 passing yards and a three-point bonus at 300 yards. Receivers and running backs get a bonus at 100 yards and a three-point bonus at 100 yards, I mean, and, you know, a point for every 10 yards receiving or rushing, and then it's PPR as well. Uh, you get to pick six players total, and you get $50,000 to spend. So my pick for the captain in this was Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes costs $18,900 or almost 38% of your total budget for those six players. But I think he's worth it. Quarterbacks, as we know, score the most points on average in fantasy. It only makes sense to have your quarterback be the captain and get the 50% bonus to me, especially when that quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going to go through my logic here, Brent. You can tell me at the end whether you agree or disagree. Or Since I'm the rookie here and you're the veteran, you can tell me what if I'm thinking about DFS right. So I went with Mahomes, like I mentioned. I went back and looked at that playoff game these two played last year that everybody remembers fondly, the huge comeback by the Chiefs to win that game. I think it was 51-31 to 31 was the final. In that game, Mahomes had 321 passing yards, good for 12.84 points in the scoring, plus the three-point bonus for hitting 300 yards. So he had about 15.84 points uh, for his in the passing yardage department. He had five passing touchdowns, good for another 20 points because this is four points for passing touchdown. He had 53 rushing yards in that game, good for 5.3 points. So 41.14 total points. And you add the 50% bonus to that, that gives you 61.71 points. To me, that's tough to turn down regardless of price. Uh, it, when you look at that as like his potential ceiling for this game, obviously we don't expect that from Mahomes every game, but it's possible that Mahomes could get outscored by another player. Uh, and going back to that same game last season, Travis Kelsey had 
10 catches, 134 yards, and three touchdowns, which would have been good for 44.4 points and 66.6 points with the 50% bonus. So it is possible that Mahomes gets outscored by another player, and I guess I'm just hoping my five other guys can help me offset that. But the Texans have done nothing this offseason to make me feel any better about their ability to stop this offense in this game. So I'm, I guess it feels like I'm kind of playing it safe, Brent. And I know this is a tournament style uh, game where maybe you want a lineup that's a little different than everybody else. And I thought about going with Watson as a result of that to, you know, get some variability in there, but I ended up going with Mahomes. So I don't know. How'd I do? What do you think? I think, I think you did a pretty good job. Um, If it was, I think this, this, this week's a little bit different. Yes. Patrick Mahomes is really expensive. Like you said, 38% of your, of your money that you're spending just on Mahomes. But I think you can get some good cheap guys later on. Um, for example, uh, McCole Hartman, he's only 5200 bucks, so you can get him pretty cheap. Uh, Duke Johnson is 4800 bucks, so you can get him pretty cheap. Randall Cobb, 4200 So they have, they have some good guys that are way down there. Daryl Williams is only 1800 I mean, on the depth chart, he's number two. I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty nice right there. I mean, you, that's why I picked Mahomes first as my captain too, is, was because of those guys. And I see now that Brandon Cooks is listed as questionable. So there's, that might jump up like a guy like Kenny Stills. And Kenny Stills is pretty cheap too. So you can get some cheap guys. Unfortunately, you, if you get Mahomes, you, you can maybe get one of the other big guys like Deshaun Watson, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because you'd only be able to afford one of those guys. But I think there's good guys that you can get other than those um, other top five guys. So I, you did good. You did good for your first one. Well, thanks, Brent. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm excited to see how it goes. It'll be fun Thursday night to kind of keep an eye on that as I watch the game and watch to see how CEH does. I'll also be keeping an eye on my DF, first DFS uh, tournament that I'm playing in. So, yeah. And I'm going to post on our Fantasy Players Club Twitter – both of me and Brent's lineups on Thursday night, right around kickoff time. So keep an eye out for that, everybody. And we'll, you can see the rest of our lineups there. Uh, and so go, if you want to join us, I think we did the $1 one. So if anybody wants to compete against us, they yeah. can hop in that one too. But yeah, that was fun, Brent. <laughs> hey, yeah, it was. Do you mind if I break some news right now? Go for it. Just got it, got it popped up on my phone. Hopefully this wasn't from like this morning and I'm just getting to a late news release, but Von Miller suffered a freak ankle injury and reportedly feared to be season ending. So to you Bronco fans, there goes possibly your best defensive player um, today in practice, according to NFL network and ESPN. One, one Adam Schefter reports that one witness described it as a freak injury to his ankle that he suffered late in practice today. Huge breaking news. Huge breaking yeah. news on the Fantasy Players Club, delivered by NFL insider Brent Hykus. <laughs> so if you have any yeah. drafts left, I guess you might want to think twice if you're going for that Broncos defense and probably a little bit of a boost, I would imagine, to the quarterbacks and the offenses in that AFC West division this year with getting to potentially avoid Von Miller twice. Yeah. So we hate to see Von get injured, certainly, but that's kind of my gut 
first reaction as Brent breaks the news here on the show to that to that injury news. Yeah, so I mean, Patrick Patrick Mahomes has to face him twice, no longer anymore. He's looking even better now. So yeah, there you go. Before we go, Brent, I have one last bonus: what to watch for this weekend. Uh, so check out a couple of the top Debbie quarterbacks who are getting their first game of the season in this weekend. Both of these guys I'm going to mention are 2022 draft eligible. So they're uh, one's a sophomore, true sophomore, and one's a redshirt freshman, but they'll both be eligible for not this year's draft, but the one after that. So the first one is Sam Howell in North Carolina, hosts Syracuse and probably the best matchup this weekend. Howell was a freshman All-American last season, threw for 3,641 yards, 61% completion percentage, 38 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions as a true freshman for North Carolina. Mac Brown really has North Carolina moving in the right direction, both on the field and in recruiting Brent. And I know you have a couple of those wide receiver prospects on this offense who you're keeping an eye on as well, Deami Brown and Daz Newsom. Both went over 1,000 yards last season, and both are draft eligible in 2021. Uh, so Newsom is a senior and Brown is a junior. So yeah, if you haven't watched Sam Howell, uh, flip this one on this weekend. I think it's on ACC Network, so maybe not everybody gets that. But if you do, I think it's worth a watch. And Sam Howell is looking like a potential stud Debbie quarterback, Brent. I I agree. I, I personally like Sam Howell better than Justin Fields as an NFL prospect. I'll take Brent know. at it again. Do you have a favorite between Deami Brown and Daz Newsom? Oh. I don't know. No, I mean, they're both pretty similar. I'll tell you at the end of the year. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The second Debbie quarterback you want to watch this weekend is, I want to see how top prospect Spencer Rattler looks. So he's a redshirt freshman. He's the number one quarterback in the 2019 class, according to 24-7. He's draft eligible in 2022, like I mentioned. 24-7 listed him as a pro-style quarterback. So he's going to be a little different than what they had the past couple years with Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. Uh, ESPN listed him at six foot, 198 pounds, so he has decent size. He appeared in three games last season, Brent, just in mop-up duty. Uh, but he only got to throw 11 passes. I think he completed seven. So we didn't really get to see much from Spencer Rattler last year. So starting tomorrow, we get to see the true Spencer Rattler as the QB1 for Oklahoma. Or not tomorrow, starting on Saturday. Uh, and they face Missouri State. So the competition won't be great. But I'm looking forward to seeing what will likely be the next great quarterback to come out of Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's <laughs> the last couple of years, they've had a pretty good history at their quarterbacks. So okay. I, I don't think Rattler will be, will be an exception. He'll probably get it against Missouri State. He'll probably get five touchdowns yeah. this weekend. So and we'll probably play college get a, fantasy, start him. Yeah, and we'll <laughs> probably get to see Rattler two years, unlike their last few quarterbacks. We just got to see one year out of Kyler Murray and one year out of Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how he does over the next couple of years. With that said, Brent, are you ready for some football? I'm ready. Me too. Let's go. We made it, boys and girls. We made it. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you like the show, it helps us a lot if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, we'll have a new episode for you next week recapping all of the week one action, Brent. Uh, we're going to have some special segments for our listeners that uh, I'm pretty excited about, and I know you are too. Uh, until then, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club. On behalf of Brent Hood Hikus, this is Levi Valentine signing off. See ya.